This is the first episode of the Get Fishing podcast in 2023. And it's with my colleague, James Roach from the Angling Trust. Now, James has caught more big barbel than any person that I know. James also works on the Together Fund, the Get Fishing Fund. So there's loads of cool, positive energy going on in this episode. Get Fishing is the Angling Trust campaign to get more people fishing. We're funded from a fishing license income from the Environment Agency and a massive thank you to our sponsors, Angling Direct and Shakespeare. Right. James Roach, here we go. James, right, you've never actually been on the podcast before, which I find remarkable. I actually had to go back and listen to episodes, and you've definitely not been on it, have you? No, I've not I've not done this one before, Jimmy, so I feel honoured to be invited <laughs> onto it. Thank you very much. I just can't believe you haven't been on it. I just don't know how that happened. But um, here we are. I'm sure you will be a more regular guest moving forward. Well, we, we've actually got... I'm going to have to try and start doing monthly episodes now because people are actually listening to it. So I've got... <laughs> I've got to, I think the last one had... It was something like 12,000 downloads and the Matt Hayes one before that, I think it's like 14, 15,000 downloads. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, so we, we actually, I need to do them. I'm going to try and do one every month. I've got sort of a load of guests uh, lined up for the year, pretty much. But you know what happens, James? It gets to spring. We, well, we're going to be running spring to fishing this year, which um, I have, you haven't seen any of the promotion for that because, uh, well, I haven't made it yet. <laughs> quite, quite. I'm going to be out in the next couple of weeks filming all the spring to fishing. So if you keep an eye on the Get Fishing Angling Trust social media channels, from March, um, we're, we're all go and spring to fishing is happening. That's all I'm going to say at the moment because the official press releases aren't out yet. But um, if you want to try angling and you never, you've never been fishing, you don't know what you're doing, spring into fishing is the perfect time. I personally think, James, that spring is the time of year. If you're going to try something different for the first time, spring's a good time, especially an outdoorsy thing. Because uh, I think when it gets to the end of March, April, and that weather changes, naturally, as human beings, we start to want to go outside, don't we? Definitely. It just, it just ties in with the weather being nicer. It's, I mean, it's nice to be outside at the moment but during the winter time, but you just have to be more prepared for it. You have to be, you have to think about it a little bit more, but... As soon as sort of springtime comes along and the daylight hours are getting longer, the days are getting warmer as well. It's just everything just starts waking up in the spring. So the flowers start coming out. It's a beautiful time to be outside. And the spring into fishing campaign is just a perfect opportunity to get involved in angling. And one of the best things about it is you've got you can try angling, really get into it, really enjoy it. And then you've got the rest of the year to enjoy as well. So you've got summer after spring. So you've got a perfect opportunity to keep on getting involved in angling and keep on going. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. So keep an eye on the Get Fishing and Angling Trust social media channels. Right. Um, We're going to be talking, we've got a list of things here. We've got some listener questions coming in uh, up at the end. Um, we've We've got some funds we're talking about. First of all, James, I've just, I've just been looking at your Instagram at James Roach AT. And your last sort of three posts, I saw the first one was uh, sort of the mid start to mid-January. And you've been out on the river. It looks like you caught a picture of a barbel, just under £10, it says. Yeah, there's just after Christmas, it sort of tied in with just sort of perfect conditions for going out barbel fishing. We had a bit of rain, 
the water temperature in the rivers came up a little bit and the barbell definitely went on the feed. I think I went out between Christmas and New Year and had um, sort of fished overnight and, and had, I think, I can't remember how I didn't fish I had, but I had a lot. I think I reeled in about four o'clock in the morning to get some sleep. It was just... What, was that all barbell, James? That was all barbell. I think I had one chub um, and the rest were barbell. They weren't massive fish, but it was on the river trend. I think the biggest I had was just under 10 pound. Um, See, like, really there's nice people... Fish. There's people that fish on other rivers around the country thinking, that's like a massive barbell. <laughs> but they're, they're bigger on the Trent, aren't they? It's just an incredible It's an incredible river to be fit for every single species that swims in it, whether it's catching roach and dace or chub or fishing for carp, pike or zander. Everything in that river is just really, really big. And it's probably the best barbel fishing river in the whole country. And I'm probably a bit biased, but it probably is. I think when I speak to people on the bank, they, they travel miles, hundreds of miles to fish, fish the river Trent, just because you can go there. And whichever stretch you're fishing, you've got a chance of catching a really, 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 really big fish, which I think is one of the yeah, most Yeah, I mean, I had never fished the Trent, and I went up, what, well, just over a year ago now, um, and I went up with James. This video is up on our Get Fishing YouTube channel. Go and check it out. It's remarkable. I haven't done much river fishing for barbel. Um, and I kind of spoke with James beforehand about roughly what I need to do. I stayed over. We were actually invited up there by our friends at Shakespeare, and they come and let us fish there, which is brilliant. That was the sort of – is it uh, – well, what, what's the stretch called the, of the Trent that we fished, the weir? So it was the Collingham Angling Association stretch, um, and we fished at um, Cromwell Weir. Cromwell Weir. Weir. I always say – Colling Collingham Weir, but it's not. It's Cromwell Weir. Yeah, the 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 peg one, which is in the weir, which we didn't fish, but yeah. the peg one in the weir is probably the most famous barbel peg in the whole country. It, it's just yeah. there's probably more big barbel in that swim than there is in probably in some of the rivers in other parts yeah. of the country. Um, a massive thanks to Nathan for inviting us up there from Shakespeare. A great bloke. He's really helpful. Um, and uh, I stayed over on the Friday night on my own, cast out. I had to set everything up. I had actually done a sea fishing match the night before. I'd hardly slept because I had to drive hours up there. I cast out, and I think it was within 20 minutes, half hour, I caught a 14-pound barbel, which is remarkable. And then the next day, uh, that's on film. The next day, James caught two 15-pound fish, plus I think it was another two or three uh, around the double-figure fish. And it was just like... You, you get them days in angling. You you could be fishing for years and, and trying to do something. It doesn't quite work out. And then sometimes you just turn up like me, complete idiot, didn't know what I was doing. And it just, it was just the day to be there, wasn't it? It was, it was incredible. It was just a brilliant experience. I think, say, you have had that big, for the first, the first barbell, first cast, which is incredible. And I think when I came, I had, I had two 15 pounders. I think I had a 15 in one net and a 12-pounder in the other net at one yeah. stage was going off at the same time. But that, that's what can happen on any stretch of the river. And I think one of the beautiful things about the River Trent is that it's so accessible for anyone. There's some really there's some really good day ticket stretches that people can, can go along and fish. Um, but also there's some really, really cost-effective angling clubs that you can join. Sort of clubs like Nottingham Federation of Anglers, Knott's Anglers, um, long eating Victoria Angling Society, where you can join for less than fifty quid in most cases, and have access to some brilliant fishing and access to some really big fish as well. And whether it's you, you want to park up and walk and, and go fishing on your own away from everywhere else, or whether you want to fish near where you, your car is, so you're not having to walk 
walk too far. There's loads of fishing like that on the river as well. So there's something for absolutely everyone. And the fishing at the moment over the last since well since I've fished it over the past six seven years has just been absolutely brilliant. Wicked. Um, I was just looking. I was looking at your Instagram. I've lost my phone. But there was, a, I think, your last post. You had been out with your daughter fishing. Was that on the Trent? No, that was just at a local sort of commercial venue um, near to me. So my daughter is four and a half at the moment. So it's it's, it's just about warm enough to go out <laughs> on the weekend. It was like a period. It was a bit. It was, it was mild enough. It was double figures. So I wrapped her up warm because it's. Um, during the winter, there's times when even as a committed angler, passionate angler, I absolutely love it, love it. But we have to think twice about whether it's worth going out in the winter or not. But um, yeah. Sunday was all right. So we, we, we decided to go fishing for the afternoon, which was really good. So we were there probably four hours. Had a nice bit of fishing, nice packed lunch as well. So plenty to eat and just out there to catch loads of fish. It was really nice. We had some little roach and a couple of skimmers. We even had a gudgeon. The first gudgeon I've caught for years, but we managed to catch a, a gudgeon and a few carp as well, which is which is really nice. And she yeah, she loved it. She loved being outside and playing the maggots and um, uh, sort of playing with catching the fish as well. She just had a lovely time. It's whenever I don't know why it's like experienced anglers you, you would all get this when you hear the word gudgeon, it's like oh gudgeon. It's just a nice. I don't know why it's just sort of nice, isn't it? A gudgeon. It's just a surprise. It just came out of nowhere. You can. <laughs> catching roach in your car and all of a sudden this tiny little gadget was about that big this little gadget just sort of popped up how was that managed to get in, in between all the car and other fish they're feeding it was quite it was quite a surprise my daughter wasn't as was perhaps um uh, amazed as i was but i was um very excited about the act of catching gadget but it's brilliant just using like because she's she's still quite little so three meter whips just about she can handle that quite easily she can cast it out lift it up up too much too much trouble for me is a bit too long so i just took one of the a four meter whip took a section out and used three meters of it and it was it was perfect for her to be able to sit with and and just sort of do a bit of fishing on her own um, and yeah she was happy just catching fish and it's it's where we went which was lakeside place where lakeside sporting just outside loughborough had really good facilities there's a cafe proper toilets there as well staff really friendly um, there's a few lakes that we can go and know that we're not going to be fishing next to people that might get a bit sort of irritated by a four-year-old getting excited and <laughs> like catching lots of fish. So um, we could get away from everyone and means we could just relax really and not not be too, I suppose, perfect about the way you fish or anything like that. You can just say we set up an umbrella so we could have a bit of lunch under that and get out of the wind if we needed to and just have a little fish and just enjoy being outside together and, and, and having a having a lovely afternoon. You say excitable children making a noise on the bank. You, you've been fishing with me, James. I'm the worst one. I'm like the loudest person in the world. When I went to Angler's Paradise, actually, we're going to have Zenya on, I think, as a guest, probably on the next episode. Um, and she just said, God, you're really loud, aren't you, Jimmy? I just, I'm just a loud person. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what it is about fishing, but don't, no matter when you catch a fish or whatever fish you catch, you still get that excitement and that... Um... yeah. About okay, it's just, it's just bizarre. And despite going fishing for best part of 30 years, you still have exactly the same feeling every single time you catch fish, it just doesn't go. Um, James, but when you said you went to a commercial fishery, what, what does this mean for listeners uh, who might not know what a commercial fishery is? So, I suppose you would describe a commercial fishery as a man made lake. So, the, the owners of the, the land owners have, have dug out. 
um, the lakes there um, and have stocked them with fish for, for fishermen to, to fish for wherever it is that he a natural venue the fish are just there there's, there's not much um input from us at angling club or, or anglers to, to put fish into that lake so it's it's a I suppose it's not a natural environment. It's been created for people yeah. to, to enjoy and be able to go fishing. So it does mean that the stocking levels are, tend to be quite high. So we can go there, I can take my daughter there, and we know we have a very, very good chance of catching um, a quite, quite a few fish, even though it's February at the moment. So at any time of the year, it's that at the moment, that's where I take my daughter if we go fishing or we'll go to a commercial lake because we know there's going to be a really good chance of catching fish. There's good facilities there. There's going to be flat banks not too deep either so if the worst case scenario ever does happen she does trip and fall into water she can stand up and not yeah. be in any trouble um so it just makes it an easy place for people to, to get fishing is there a restaurant there there is a good cafe there as well That's, are you, and i bet you've been in there and i bet you've had a sausage sandwich with brown sauce no you gotta make it enjoyable but it's, just, <laughs> it's amazing all these little things that just sticks in our mind when we go fishing about type of food we have the yeah. what we do or, and things like that it just it just keeps it as a positive memory yeah I mean, and commercial fisheries i mean i suppose if your parents um a, a big plus is that there's going to be some toilets nearby isn't there and things like that when if you went out for the day i don't where i grew up fishing on canals i love canals you can still go fishing on canals the canal and river trust i don't know how many miles and there's brilliant canals all around the country get down there they're great fun but if you're going out with three kids uh there's not always toilets nearby for example is there um but a commercial fishery you've got some toilets You've generally got somewhere you can go and get a latte. <laughs> um, you know, for example, my um, partner is not massively into fishing, but she's happy to go for a bit of a wonder if there's a latte and a, a bit of cake or a, a bacon sandwich. Or, you know, it, it just at this time of year, it's nice to go outside for a few hours. Makes you feel so much better. Very nice if you can have a little latte at the end. The, the last point I make about the commercial fisheries as well, if you are, if you need disabled access or, um, you know, there, there's uh, most commercial fisheries I go to, what I've seen, I, would you agree, James? There's generally quite often a disabled access now, isn't there, where you can drive your car up uh, and they've made it really easy for anyone to have a go? Yeah, the, a, a lot that I go to now, and perhaps more and more now, building it into their, their fisheries is that you can park right next to where you're fishing. Yeah. So even if there's not necessarily a um, an official um, wheelchair accessible platform, that the, the the access from your car to where you're fishing is is very short. It's right next to it a lot of the time, um, and the the grounds and pegs are very flat. So there's no steps down to, to a lot of the pegs as well. So they're very accessible um, venues and venue owners are getting more and more aware of making sure that they they highlight what access they do have to make it as easy as possible for people to, to, to fish their venues. Yeah, and just if you're thinking of going anywhere, please, well, what I do when I'm going to a new venue, just Google the venue's name. Uh, you'll have all the information you probably need. Most places have some sort of website. If not, you'll find them on social media, and you'll you'll see what access they've got. Any doubts, just give them a call. Generally, everyone's really nice. They want you to come. They want you to enjoy it. Uh, always have a look at rules and bits and bobs as well. But, um, yeah, just, just call the fishery app, and generally they will point you in the right direction. Let's move on. We've got the Get Fishing Fund. 
and the Together <laughs> Fund. Now, I'm always posting about these really positive stories on the Anglican Trust and Get Fishing social media accounts. Are you the lead on the Together Fund? Yeah, so we've the Together Fund is is basically a Sport England um, sort of initiative, and it's something yeah. that we that I'm leaning on for, for the trust and it's the together fund is all about trying to get more people active and involved in sports so whether that's angling or, or golf or whatever it might be but trying to get people that currently don't do anything involved in a new activity so it's a a, a national campaign which probably spawned out of um the coronavirus pandemic and, and the lockdown period and the impact that that's had on people's lives so sporting created this initiative and provided a central pot of money which sort of national organizations like the angling trust could bid in for um so we've been successful in um accessing i think it's about a quarter of a million pounds now um a lot of money in it yeah it's, which is non-angling money it's not it's not related to fishing license income or anything like that it's from i mean that um, that's a really positive point there it's not angling money going going back into angling that's money coming from elsewhere which is it's just such a positive thing for the sport isn't it yeah, it's completely say so it's if if we didn't access that money it would go to another organization to use and access though it's it's a lot of money and the whole purpose of us access, accessing that money is diverting it to the angling community so to angling clubs coaches to um sort of charities that we work with and crc groups to support them in delivering activities to engage what sport england call their priority groups so they're the people most likely to be inactive so that's people with a disability, people with longer-term health conditions. So that brings in sort of the, the health and well-being um, work that we've been involved in, and um, people from low socioeconomic areas, and um, people from culturally diverse communities as well. So we've already supported, I think, it's forty projects through this um, through the Together Fund process that we're working with, and we've got we're currently going through a process of. Um, approving another um, 20 projects as well, hopefully. So we're just accepting applications for that, um, for the next sort of tranche of funding at the moment. So fingers crossed we'll have another 20 fantastic projects that will be rolled out this spring and summer as well. So as you've said, Jimmy, there's been some really, really good news stories that have come out, which we're, we're now getting feedback from as projects that have delivered some of the work. So that's now starting to go out on the, the the, the get fishing social uh, media channels as well so it's just it's just really positive to see angling clubs and organizations stepping into this funding to be able to do you know, projects to get get people fishing I've, yeah i mean chris has been working on that hasn't he chris is fairly new to the team i say fairly new but it's uh, when did he join us um i'm not sure actually six no, months probably, yeah. it's probably a year now oh is it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I say new. He's been here a year, which is not that new at all. Um, but he's—I've got a couple. Of, actually, he's emailed over a couple more stories. So, yeah, it's really nice to see them. Them positive things coming out. Moving on to the Get Fishing Fund. Um, what's that one about? Because that we've had loads and loads of positive stories from that one, haven't we? Yeah. So the Get Fishing Fund is slightly different in the sense that it's a, I suppose, a partnership between ourselves and the Environment Agency. Yeah. So this is this is fishing money. So this is fishing license money that's been almost put to one side to enable clubs, fisheries, coaches, other organisations to bid into a, a pot of money to access resources, kit, 
fish and tackle that they need to run events and activities. So, um, so that, that, that money, that, so when you buy your fishing licence, used to be called a rod licence, now we call it a fishing licence, a little bit of confusion over that with a few questions um, coming in. So when you buy your fishing licence uh, to the Environment Agency, there's that pot of money, some of that money's coming back um, to the Get Fishing Fund. Yeah, definitely. It's It just means that when you buy a fishing licence, some of that money goes back into to promoting the sport and getting new people into yeah. to fishing as well. And it's, I think it's probably been going for about three years now. I think this is the third year that the Get Fishing Fund's been running and it's been it's been really popular. It's It's been amazing to see the diversity of organisations coming through. So obviously we've got support um, angling clubs and fisheries and angling coaches accessing this money to to look to run events and create new opportunities for people to get into fishing but we're getting applications from schools looking to set up their own fishing clubs organizations working with uh, the nhs to run health and well-being programs and other charities as well it's there's been a huge array of different organizations and i think we we judge applications as a, on a fortnightly basis so i think we're now up to i think it's about 60 projects i think we've supported this winter and that up uh, the, the get fishing fund is still open until the fifth of uh, March. So, we've I think there's a at the moment there's a total pot of money of a hundred thousand pounds that that we're looking to allocate this this winter. So, there's it, it's really popular. It's a fantastic opportunity for any organisation to get a bit of money in to buy a fishing kit that they need to run events and activities um, over the spring and summer. And it's a it's a fairly straightforward application process. And we're here just to give you any help. The support that you need to get that application in because sometimes people think of funding applications as being really difficult challenging things to work through but once we've had a chat with you you just basically it's a case of telling the story about what you're looking to do why you're looking to do it um, and making sure that you've, you've got enough money to do it so just by having a chat with us we can hopefully make it a nice easy straightforward process um, and get you the resources you need to help get people fishing of course, we. if you're watching this on YouTube and on, or on any social media, we'll leave links about the Get Fishing Fund and the Together Fund. So if you're looking to apply or you just want any information at all, I'll leave them links so you can find all the information, the contact information. Um, the Get Fishing Fund, is there a limit to how much a club can ask for? So we've limited it at grants up to £2,500, which should be more than enough to get the the, the equipment that you need to, um, to, to get started or whether it's a case of you're an organisation that's already delivering activities and just want top up of things that get broken. Because when you're delivering events with people that are new to fishing, there's always going to be breakages and things that, that need to be replaced year on year. So whether it's a top up of and tackle and bits and pieces or you're looking to deliver a new project it's absolutely perfect for that so what i would say is even if it's you're watching this after the deadline which is the 5th of, 5th of march there's still other funding opportunities that we can support you accessing as well so even if you're seeing this after the deadline it's it's worth just getting in touch with us and we can see what we can do to, to help you access a little bit of funding to, to support your project 
we have i put a little post out on social media um saying you were coming on and i've got some listener questions um so we're going to put some questions to james i've just sort of randomly picked some it would be impossible to go through them all but sarah's been in touch now she's got this is quite relevant um because she's asking about the close season on rivers she saw a little video we posted last year that i'd made i need to go and make another one but James, what what is the close season on Rivers? What is it all about? So on on Rivers, there is a close season, um, which means you can't go fishing for coarse fish um, during that period of time on on any rivers in England and Wales. And it's really important we recognise that and respect that. Um, And in England and Wales, you can't fish for coarse fish on any river from the 15th of March to the 15th of June. Um, you may have heard people talking about the magical 16th of June, which is when that day is that you can go back and start fishing rivers and you'll see people lining the rivers, lining the river trend, getting back and fishing again. And it's it's just really important that we respect that. It's, it's typically a, a time of year where fish, fish are spawning on any water course across the country. So it's, it's a good time to... to um, not fish um, on the on the rivers and perhaps concentrate on a different type of fishing as well. So yeah, so that so what were them dates again, James? Once more. So it's from so you can't fish for any course fish on a river in England and Wales from the fifteenth of March to the fifteenth of June. And just uh, one last note on the close season for rivers: there is still loads of angling opportunities out there. Um, you know, you can go and fish for coarse fish on uh, lakes and ponds and uh, most canals. Uh, that That's correct, isn't it, James? I think you have to check some canals might still have a close season, but certainly all lakes are, are pretty good, aren't they? Yeah, definitely through the spring. If you're ever unsure, best thing to do is just ask. So there might be very short periods of time that a perhaps a lake might close because the fish are spawning in that lake and it's always best to not fish lake if the fish are spawning and um, so they might be closed so if you are heading out then it's always worth just checking the, the venue's website or if you're unsure about whether you can fish a venue just get in touch with us and we'll be able to to help you out as well so that's always the best thing to do if you're ever unsure just ask and what when people hit us up on our get fishing social channels generally i direct them pretty much instantly to uh your regional officer in your area how many regional officers is there eight now james I think, yeah, there's eight. So there's um, a, a regional officer covering all of the the various regions across across England. So there's someone with a bit of local insight as to, to what's going on in the local area that would be able to, to provide a bit of assistance and a bit of help. I suppose we better say hello, actually, to Mark. We've got a new member of the team, haven't we, James, up in, is it the Yorkshire area he's covering? Yeah, so Mark joined us just after Christmas, I think. Yeah, just after Christmas. So Mark Gambles is our new development officer for, for the Yorkshire area. Um, he's a absolutely lovely bloke. He's um, he's a bit of an all-rounder as well, so he does all sorts of different types of fishing. And he's also a licensed Level 2 angling coach with a, a focus on on fly fishing. So he's, he's, he's already had a really positive start building links with angling clubs and fisheries all across and coaches across Yorkshire um, and he's really keen just to keep on going so he's a lovely an amazing addition to the team and I'm sure he's going to have a big impact across the year as well uh, in around around April time we're going to have a team meeting where we're all going to meet up and I'm actually going to do it I'll film a little video with Mark I've done regional officer videos for each officer but I'm actually going to redo all of them 
um or in mid-April. So um yeah, check out our get fishing socials and you'll see some more little videos coming out about the regional officers, uh, including Mark. Um, right, we've got another listener question. We've got Roger says, uh, hi Jimmy, uh, love the podcast. Him and his son David, age seven, have listened to every episode. Uh, thank you ever so much, Roger and David. Um, he's got a question. Roger's got a question for James saying, what bait and si uh, what size hook do you use for your big barbel fishing? So what baits and what size hooks are you using up on the River Trent to catch them big fish? So most, I'd, I'd probably say 90% of my fishing that I do is in during the sort of spring and summertime, the, the main bait I use is a 14 mil halibut pellet. It's, it just seems to catch most of the fish. And when I'm using those, I use a size 10 hook, like a, a wide gape beaked point hook. And the beak point is it's quickly quite important, but it's basically a hook that's got a bit of a bend on the point. It just means that because there's lots of rocks and stones in the, in the river, it's just less likely to blunt the hook point. But a nice, strong hook. And the key thing about when you go barbell fishing is you need nice, strong tackle because they... As you know, Jimmy, they fight incredibly hard, yeah. especially on the River Trent. They're incredibly hard fighting fish. Um, so really strong main line. I tend to use a a fifteen pound main line, strong um, strong rod and, and reel as well. Um, the weights I use depends on the flow. So most times of the year, I can get away with a three ounce feeder if it's in flood. Then when I went last time in barbell fishing, I was using six ounce feeders in flood conditions. But most of the time during sort of spring and summertime i can get away with a three ounce feeder strong hook link 15 pound braided hook link and um, through to a 10 pound sorry a size 10 um carp style hook the only time i change is when it get the water temperature drops so through wind so i tend to use um boilies and paste I just I just again just seem to catch more fish using that over over pellets so the boilies i use tend to be more fruity and creamy flavored rather than sort of fishy flavoured most people think that when you go barbell fishing these are like really smelly baits that are like fishy flavoured or um, meaty flavoured but this for over the last couple of years during when the water's got a bit colder and the air temperatures have dropped it's the really sort of creamy style boilies just seems to catch more fish which is good but the only time i use smaller hooks is if i was using maggots and casters if it was water was really low and clear and then i'd use a source size 12 14 um carp match style hook so nice and strong still um and when it's low and clear so if i had a day fishing during um sort of the summer or early autumn and the water's really clear and low then i'd use maggots um casters and hemp just because it seems to pick out more fish there we are that's a bit of catch everything you're using a size 14 i'm guessing what two or three maggots on the size 14 yeah three maggots on a size 14 hook so a nice strong 14 hook um then i've had plenty of fish using 14 hooks and they, they don't open up it just makes sure everything's um sort of balanced and you'd be surprised what you can land on a, a strong size 14 hook it looks tiny when you look it in your hand and you stick three maggots on it but it's it's when it's clear you just have to find things down a little bit sometimes a big pellet or big boil is a bit too blatant especially during the day find things down a little bit if small fish are a the pain you catch loads of dace and, and roach then i'd perhaps just i wouldn't feed maggots feed sort of casters and hemp and just have maggots on a hook so that tends to help 
avoid the little roach and dace and minnows as well, which sometimes can be a bit of a pain if you're targeting Chubb and Barnabal. I've um, I've been doing these matches, as you know, James, at Gold Valley, which haven't been going well this year. But um, I've noticed from the start of the league at the start of January to where we are now mid-February, everything I'm using has got smaller. <laughs> Every time I blank or something goes wrong, like everything's got smaller and smaller. I'm down to sort of size 16s now, and I had a £7 common car uh, on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's surprising, you know, how small you can go for these um, bigger fish, as you say. Yeah, it's just making sure everything's balanced. That it's using slightly smaller hooks. That it's um, that that the rod's not too stiff because that's when you can open up hooks and pull out fish. But it's um, yeah, it's, it's still perfect for for catching variety of different fish, not just tiny little fish. Um, right. Well, we'll go for one more listener question. Uh, Laura's hit us up, and she wants to know this. This is I've picked this one because this gets asked so many times. Where can I buy one of your hats? Now she's talking about these Shakespeare hats. We get weekly questions. Now the, the they've got the Get Fishing and Trust logo. Shakespeare kindly donated these ones. Uh, there's thousands of them. They 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 donated, wasn't it, James? And if you've been to events all around the country, a lot of events you see people walking around with these hats. But uh, they have never been for sale, have they, James? They it was Shakespeare donated them, I believe. That's that's right. Yeah. So the only way you can get hold of them is by attending a Get Fishing event. Um, and obviously now we're, we're getting in, getting towards a time of year where the, the the get fishing events are starting to take place again. So we're from, as you said, spring into fishing is that sort of main launch when there's going to be loads of events taking place all over the country. So the only, unfortunately, the only way to get hold of one is to, to to get along to a get fishing event and hopefully get hold of one. And it's not every get fishing event they will be at, is there? I suppose we better say that. You, yeah, it's so, not yeah, every. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> James is directing everyone. Everyone's going to uh... turn up saying, "Well, James wrote said I've got to have a hat." <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's a very good point. Jimmy, to be fair, they're not every event. We try to get them to as many as we can, and they're just they're very popular things, so they do tend to go quite quickly. But it's good that we've, we're starting to see more and more people sort of wearing them on the bank as well so we sort of visiting fisheries or out and about during the spring and summer and we're spotting more and more of these uh shakespeare hats out there as well so it was funny we had uh we were at um fisher mania last year weren't we which is a massive fifty thousand pound for the winner fishing competition it's all live on sky sports it's it's like if, if fishing competitions that's like the fa cup final and while that was happening we had what well, james was running actually a get fishing event on on the lake on the same venue and i was looking i went down from our event down to the main fishmania final so you've got all the tv cameras all very glamorous and there's like the crowd there's just loads of people with shakespeare branded hats on because they've been to our events a, and it was quite hot wasn't it there was mums dads kids everyone's like their Shakespeare had more of a presence brand rise than, than anyone else there just because everyone was wearing these Shakespeare hats, which I just thought was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> they, were, they, they were very, um, I think, because it was it was a warm day, that was, wasn't it? It was sort of end of July. It was a warm day. They were very, not only did they look good, but they formed a very good practical uh, <laughs> service as well, keeping people's heads out of the, out of the sun. Well, I had some issues because the, we were there the day before filming some bits and bobs, weren't we, for mm. National Fishing Month, I remember. And it was slightly overcast. It was nice, but it was sort of slightly overcast. On the Sunday, uh, no, on the Saturday, sorry, uh, when Fishermania and our event was on, 
it it was sort of started off a bit overcast, but then the sun came out. Me being an absolute idiot, I didn't have any sun cream or anything. It was actually um, Jamie Hughes's uh, wife actually lent me some sun cream in the end because I was burning. I was like, oh, no, this is not good. I'm going to be like trying to do all these videos. And by the end of it, I'm going to be like a beetroot. But um, we're hopefully we'll be there. I know Well, it has been announced that Fisher Mania will again be at Westwood Lakes next year. So let's hope that we can get along there again, James. I doubt it's been announced what we're doing yet, but um, we're, we hope to be there, don't we? Yeah, yeah, all, all being well, we'll be there again. It's it's a really popular event. There was lots of people um, sort of milling around and watching watching the event as well. And it was um, it was a really good atmosphere for the whole day. The weather the weather definitely helped, but it was a really good atmosphere. We spoke to loads of people that were either just getting into fishing or, or wanted a bit of help and advice on that to, to help along their angling journey and and sort of show help get their kids fishing as well so it's a really really enjoyable day and we're again looking forward to, to being again being there again this year again i knocked up a vlog on that it's on our youtube get fishing channel uh, along with loads of other content to help you get into fishing but yeah i love that 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 fisher mania one was a real special event and, and what they did at westwood lakes um they tried to make it Instead of a, a fisher mania, big serious fishing final, they made they tried to give it a more festival feel. So mums, dads, kids, burger stores, drinks. It was like a, a festival vibe. That's what they tried to achieve, and they definitely did it. It was a really nice vibe, and I'm surprised how many people were there mm. that, that hadn't tried fishing or been fishing. Uh, and so that's why we were there, and it was it just it worked really well. Um, I've got to say a massive thank you to. I don't know. I'm going to put you on the spot, James. There was the lady. I think she was the daughter of the owners. Do you remember her? Uh, uh, Dave, not you... off the top of my head, Jimmy, in this, in this yeah. situation. But, yeah, the guys over at Westwood Lakes were really supportive. Really nice. Really, they're, they're happy to host us and, and let us use the lakes there sort of prior to the event as well, just to make sure we were... Yeah. We had a good idea of what we were going to sort of do on the day. So they were they're really, really helpful. And, and just generally with the us getting the bits and pieces that we needed to onto the lake and they were really supportive and they're really looking forward to getting back there this year as well it's a it's a lovely place so it was a really good atmosphere on a whole day um and it's a it's a cracking cracking venue if yeah anyone. massive massive thanks to westwood lakes as i say the the the, the lady who was the, who's the daughter of the owner i believe and she was do hit me up on Instagram and I'll get your name right on the next one. But she was just really helpful on the Friday when we were there. She was like, oh, you're from the Angling Trust. Like, oh, come come anytime. Come and use it. Come and film. And, yeah, it's just nice to have all that positive energy going on for all the work that we do, you know. And, um, yeah, it's definitely worth mentioning. Right, James, um, I think we can pretty much wrap that up for this one. Um, we'll get you back on. Maybe we can talk about spring to fishing um, in, the, in the coming weeks slash months. Um, today is Valentine's Day, James, so I'm sure you're off to um, take the missus out for tonight and some really posh Ooh. Michelin star, all that sort of stuff. No, not, not, not on Valentine's Day. We've, <laughs> we've been together for a very long time. We've been married for seven years, so it's, um, it's Valentine's Day. loses its shine slightly, but yeah, we've got a, a nice, nice day together. We definitely won't be watching the Champions League football later. <laughs> <laughs> I've got away with something. I don't think my missus listens to this, but I took her to work this morning and I booked her a restaurant and stuff for after work. So I've I've done my bit there. 
But I was driving out to work thinking, oh, I haven't got a card. I haven't got flowers. I've got nothing. Nothing has been mentioned about it so far. So I can save this. I can nip before I pick her up later and take her to dinner. I can nip into, I don't know, Sainsbury's, buy some flowers and a card and make it look like I definitely had that planned all along. <laughs> Good to see your old romantic, you, Jimmy. I am, mate, yeah. <laughs> James, thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you again soon, buddy. Definitely. It's been a pleasure, Jimmy. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate. Thank Take you. Care. Right. That's been the Get Fishing Podcast. Massive thank you to James Roach. Um, as I have mentioned throughout this podcast, it, all the videos and bits and bobs we're talking about, it's, it'll all be on the Get Fishing YouTube channel, at Get Fishing TV on YouTube. Go and check us out. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We've got the lot. Just look for Get Fishing. Um, also, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, when we're talking about a gudgeon, a common carp. Now, uh, on the YouTube video, you, I put all the pictures up. So if you're listening to the audio version and you want to see the photos of the fish that we're talking about, just head to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions about angling, please just hit us up on the Get Fishing social media channels uh, and we will try and help you get fishing. There are no silly questions. Uh, about angling just ask us anything we want you to get fishing that is our job thanks for listening and we'll be back in around three or four weeks for a spring into fishing special